Hey, Joe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what up, dog? What? I'm Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco area. Joe lives in L.A., and we've been friends for over a decade, and each week we call each other and just catch up. Yeah, and I'm the straight guy, and Mike is the gay guy. <laughs> Nobody will buy that for more than a minute. Oh, uh, yeah. It's time you drop that zero and get with the hero. Yeah. Uh, Joe, how are you? I'm good. Um, I went to a comedy show this weekend. Yeah, my friend Shannon was in this. Com- I mentioned this last week, but my friend Shannon was in this comedy show. And my friend Shannon is a very funny comic. In fact, I said this before. She's probably the most naturally gifted stand-up comedian I've ever met in my entire life. And she um got hired to do the show, but they told her it was at a theater. But can I please tell you, um, when she got there, it was a theater in an apartment community. <laughs> and what I went mean? to go see the sh- I went to go see the show. It was an apartment community. Okay. Did you have to live there to see the show? No, obviously I went there. But um I went there and the people there were weird. It was a horrible horrible show with nothing but old people cuz old people who live in an apartment community who are going to see um a comedy show. My friend Shannon was the headliner. I mean she went last. Mhm. And she was the best comic. But the other comics were horrible, even the host. But the people were so old. There was a person there, and I, don't, and I mean no disrespect when I say this. She was like a female Stephen Hawking. She was like in a, like a motorized wheelchair. Okay. That she like and moved around with her mouth. Basically, yeah. Like she she, she didn't move at all. Okay. Right? So yeah. she's so she's there. The, here's the, the, she's important to the story. So the show's so she's in the front, and the show's going horribly horrible. And I'm sitting in the back with Shannon. I'm giving her support. She's like really kind of bumming out because the comedians are terrible, the audience is terrible, the host is terrible, everyone's terrible. I'm like, look, this is actually, I'm giving her a pep talk. I'm like, this is actually a good situation for you because you're so good. Then they're so bad, they'll really love you because you're so good. I go, the only thing you don't want is you don't want the audience to walk out before you get up on stage. And she's like, you're right. So the last comic goes up before her, host goes on and on and on. People start leaving, right? Just like a couple of people. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> no. <laughs> and the woman in the wheelchair is like backing out, not even turning around, backing out in her wheelchair out of the theater. <laughs> like, just like, like no expression. That's about like no expression. Her. She's just backing out, doot, 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 just backing out of the theater. And I was like, oh, poor Shannon. But she did a great job. She was awesome. And I love her. And it was good. Good. And that's actually the most exciting thing that happened to me this weekend. How was your weekend? I had the most exciting weekend. I did so much. Well, for st- for starters, last week, I don't know how much this like stuck with you, but it certainly stuck with me. You told me I needed to say yes to stuff this week. So mm-hmm. basically, I've been saying yes to everything to see how it goes. And I've had a really good time. So a friend of mine from Orange County was in town. I used to be really involved in politics when I was in Orange County and a guy who is involved in politics in Orange County came to some trade show up here in San Francisco and he called me and he said, hey, do you want to go out to drinks in an hour? Traditionally, I would say no to that. I'm not the type of person that will just drop everything and go. I I don't know. It needs to be on my calendar. That's just how I am. I'm not a spontaneous person. I know. I know. Trust me. We know. Some guy wanted you to give him a blowjob and you're like, no. 
I got off the train and I went and had a drink with him. I think that's pretty spontaneous. But anyway, Dan was here. He's like, can you meet up in an hour? And I did. I put on shoes and I went and met him. And that was a good time. We just talked about some political stuff that's going on in the county that um, is interesting to but, me. And but you know what? I want to inter- I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I'm going to interrupt you for a second because you can't brag about yourself, but I can brag about you. Mike was like super involved in politics when you lived in Orange County. Yeah. Like super well, involved. Like you started a website called um, liberaloc.com, correct? The liberaloc.com, yeah. I was on the board of the Orange County Young Democrats. Uh, and I started a social club called Drinking Liberally, where progressive-minded people got together every week at a bar and drank <laughs> and talked. Yeah. You were like super – and then you were the Phoenix and you were like – I don't know anything about politics, which is so funny because I feel Phoenix needs people like you more than they need uh, they need liberals in Phoenix. Yeah, I it, it sort of became an obligation. So something that I started for fun and I enjoyed doing became something that like was an obligation where people expected me to show up to things that I didn't necessarily want to do. And it just wasn't fun anymore. So moving kind of gave me an opportunity to just like escape from that. And what happened to the liberal OC? Did like it just go away, or what happened to it? No, it's still running, and it's pretty popular. They actually got press credentials to the last Democratic National Convention, what? and yeah, they're like what? running wild with it. They they have major advertisers on the site, and they're I mean they're not pulling in tons of money, but they're making enough to like pay for everything. Which then let me ask you a question because. Look, here's how I'm such a petty person that if this were something I started, I would be so jealous and bummed and like, ugh. well, yeah, I'd be like, "Ugh, of course that happens after I leave. Or are you very proud of them? I'm proud. Joe, if you have children and they go to college, are you going to be like, I'm going to, yes, I'm going to be jealous of my children. I will be jealous of my children. (laughs) Let me tell you this. I mentor a kid. I'm already jealous of him. Because he's really good looking. I'm like, fuck you. Right? I'm like, I wish I was good looking. Yes, I'd be jealous of my children. Uh-huh. <laughs> so anyway, Dan came to town and we we met up. And then Chris, another guy from Orange County, came to town. And he texted me and said, want to do lunch? And I did, which was kind of spontaneous. And then there's this guy named Kyle. Now, I don't know if I've told you much about him, actually. But he and I, we met in a CVS in Berkeley. Weird. Uh, why do every one of your stories sound like a fucking goddamn cruising story? So we met in a CVS. And why do you ignore everything I say? Yes, go on. Go ahead. Tell me your cruising story. How you, okay, so you went to CVS and you cruised a guy. No, it's not like that. We So we saw each other once. And then the first time we saw each other, there was a like a homeless person or a, a somebody who was mentally off in line that yelled at me. And so... The three of us kind of all – the homeless person, Kyle, and I had like a moment. So we, I remembered him. Then I was in CVS like a week later and he was there wearing a bow tie. Like he was all dressed up and he was wearing a bow tie. Mm-hmm. And then like half an hour later I got a message on Grinder, and it was like, Bong, did I happen to just see you in CVS? And I was like, yes, you did, bow tie. So, after, so we ended up talking and we met up a couple of times, totally innocent and nothing like sexual. Like we've had coffee and dinner and whatever. He's a really awesome guy. But so anyway, it, we didn't go on a date, but we went out on um, Sunday, I think. Some We went out this weekend. That was just because he called up and I said yes again. And that was fun. So yeah, I just said a, yes a lot this weekend. But 
this weekend also was the yeah, so, so basically what you're saying is that I was right. Is that what you're saying? Sure. And then this weekend also, Saturday was a big day for me. I had the color run, like I've been mm-hmm. talking about. That was on Saturday. Look, morning. Mike, they were, they prefer the name African-American, but go on. <laughs> uh, the color <laughs> run was Saturday. It was like a huge party. It was so much fun. And it was a 5K, so like three miles and... It was just like a party the whole time, and the group was so eclectic. It was like there were children, there were parents, there were college students, people my age, there were older adults. It was just like a whole bunch of fun. And then after that, I came home and showered, and then I went to Carmel to see Scott, the Seder, from the Seder's Fair podcast in yes. a production of Legally Blonde, the musical, which was really mm-hmm. good, too. And I don't know how familiar you are with Legally Blonde, but it's like one of no, my. No, I'm not as gay as you are. It's one of my like top favorite contemporary musicals. It's top really- favorite contemporary musicals. You're telling me like there's West Side Story. There's uh, I wouldn't call Todd, West Side Story contemporary. I would consider that pretty classic, considering oh, the time. Oh, you're saying contemporary musical? Yeah. So bet you like it more than Rent. I'm not. By the way, just for the record, I hate Rent, which I well, know will get me a lot of hate letters, but I don't like Rent. Well, I said top five. I think Rent is there. I think Avenue, Avenue Q, Q is there. Mm-hmm. What about I've, Book of Mormon? I've never seen it, but I would consider <gasps> it being pretty high up there. I've never seen it, even though it was in LA for three months. But uh, uh, you know, they actually almost impossible they did this, to get tickets. Well, I went to the lottery a few times, and all my friends got in on the lottery, and I never – I went to the lottery like five times. I always lost because that's the story of my life. So just for the people who don't know, when Book of Mormon comes to your town, every show, they have a lottery at the beginning where they actually have really good seats. They're really, really good. They're orchestra, but they're like the end, you know, like the two at the end or something like that, right, of the row. And they they do like a lottery in the front of the theater – and you can enter in and as many times as you like, and they auction off a certain number of seats for that show for a good end. price too, not like like, like twenty bucks. It's like yeah, like twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. I went like five times. I never won, and so I never went to see Book of Mormon. But I do love the music to Book of Mormon. It's it's an, even though the, let me tell you this: people who don't like musicals, it's written by the people who write South Park. It mm-hmm. is amazing. Well, Would the, you agree? Yeah, yeah, totally. The lyrics are written by the same guy that wrote the lyrics to Avenue Q, actually. The music and lyrics. Oh, I think the lyrics were written by the South Park guys, but the music was written by the Avenue Q guys. Um, I don't know. It might be a collaboration of some sort. But anyway, it's it's the the music is amazing and so funny and so not safe for work and it's so good. So good. But anyway, the point is, so you're so it's even above Book of Mormon. You're saying. Well, I've never seen Book of Mormon, but I think that hmm. Legally Blonde is pretty clever and written pretty good. Um, do you remember Bat Boy the musical? Um, no, come not as gay as you are. Bat Boy was kind of, I don't know, was like a big thing for like two years and then disappeared. But the same guy that wrote Bat Boy, um, Lawrence O'Keefe, wrote Legally Blonde. And he also, I think, was working, I don't know where it's at, but... He was working on a musical version of Heathers. You remember the 1980s movie Heathers? Does he only do musicals of movies? No, well, Bat Boy wasn't a movie. Okay. And Bat Boy was like a believe. Here's what's funny. This is such a weird topic about Joe to know. But like I know bizarro things. And one of the things I know is Bat Boy wasn't a movie. You're right. And it wasn't a musical. It was a story in News of the World, the tabloid. 
And they, so I, I don't know anything about this musical, but did they turn it into a musical? Um, basically, it's a story of those sensational tabloid characters. Oh. So, like, a, a world of all of them. And Oh, wow, that sounds interesting. Yeah. And oh. he, he writes well. So he wrote the book and the music for uh, Legally Blonde, and it's mm-hmm. good. This production was really good. The only complaint that I have is that the music was so loud and the cast had so many high school students in it. So it was uh, maybe a little weak. And so just mixing loud band and kind of weak cast together was hard. So there mm-hmm. was times, I mean, I was like, did you mention, because I ignore you, did you mention that the person who's in the musical is a guy named Scott who's from the Satan's Fears podcast? I did. I have. To, I also have to admit I'm a little drunk. <laughs> you also and have to admit little... that, and you also have to say, when we first called each other on Skype, you were like, okay, I have to tell you something, but I don't want to say it on the pad- podcast. I'm a little drunk. Oh, did I say that? Yes, Joe. Oh, my God. <laughs> well... I have a cousin, okay? I have a cousin. He's gay. He's a week younger than I am. Okay. And he came over and we watched RuPaul's Drag Race. And so while we were in the Interior Illusions Lounge, I had maybe three or four absolute cocktails while we were in the Interior Illusions Lounge watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And so, by the way, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know what happened... No, Joe, turn it off. No, don't say that. People will get mad. That will make people not want to listen to this. Okay, beep it. Bleep it. Well, I have but break- it was a scandalous episode. I have Girl. breaking news. Oh, what is it? So I got picked to be in this ongoing focus group for Old Navy. Is that not the most incredible thing you've ever heard? There are so many things I need to say about this. <laughs> so I get paid each- Wait, hold on. Stop. Wait. Old Navy? Like, who's bragging about that? Like, Joe. <laughs> Joe, calm down. I have exciting news to tell you. I have been chosen to be in a focus group for Wiener Schnitzel. You're like, okay. No, better than Wiener Schnitzel, Old Navy. All right. That's pretty much it. I went to Old Navy to get, I think, a pair of jeans or khakis. (laughs) And when I was there, she was like, if you fill out this survey, I'll give you a $20 (laughs) gift card right now. And I was like... Well, I was going to buy a pair of jeans, which probably was going to be like 20 bucks. So I'm like, can I use the gift card today? And she said, yes. So I sat down. It was like, prob- I'm, this sounds like an exaggeration, but I'm not. It was like 25 pages of questions. Single-sided, by the way. What a waste. Mm-hmm. But I filled out this packet, and then they took a Polaroid picture of me, like my shoulders up, and then my full body of what I was wearing. What? And then I got an email today saying that I've been selected to be part of the focus group panel (laughs) please tell me this is a true story no i swear to god tell me i swear to god oh my god i get paid 15 dollars to 150 dollars per thing so sometimes it'll be like online where i have to critique stuff online and sometimes it's a panel where i have to go they have offices in san francisco um, that's Can I gap, please tell you a story? Can I please tell you a story? So this is going to come up later, but my mom works in the business of running nursing homes. This will come up later. But she was running a nursing home recently, and they had some sort of event for the seniors who lived there, and I went to help her. And so she asked me to help, and I helped. 
And I go there to this event. It's like they had like a band and they're playing 40s music and all the old people out there, they're listening. And I'm wearing an old Navy shirt. And an old guy calls me over and he goes, son, come over here. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he goes, come closer. And I get close to him, like right in his, my ear is right to his mouth. And he's like, you're too fat to be in the Navy. <laughs> he did not say that. He did. I thought he was going to say something just like super profound or something like that. No. He goes, you're too fat to be in the Navy. That's what he says to me, right? So I should be in this focus group. You should. Thank you. So I'll, let you, I'll keep you updated on that because... Yeah, we're all dying to know. Have you heard about this in San Francisco? Uh, it closed last Saturday, but Mike Tyson did a one-man show at the Orpheum Theater. Uh-huh. It sounds to me... I okay. Let me read some details before I tell you how dreadful it sounds, and then you could tell me. It's called uh, "Undisputed Truth," and okay. the headline says Tyson takes off gloves in one-man show. So the prize fighter may not be the most natural storyteller, and the narrative he spins may meander. But there's no denying that Iron Man Mike knows how to pick pique his audience's curiosity for most of the show's almost two hours. Directed by his longtime buddy Spike Lee, this autobiographical tale may not be a theatrical knockout, but it's far from a snooze. Written by Tyson's third wife, Kiki, the one-man show runs through Saturday, last Saturday, at San Francisco's Orpheum Theater on the heels of its Broadway debut. It sounds dreadful to me. Like, it in the story it quotes, like, stupid jokes about his him biting off what's-his-name's ear and... I'm going to tell you something. doesn't sound horrible to me. It sounds dreadful. I'll tell you why it doesn't sound horrible to me. Because, you see, I think because you are not straight and I'm straight. Huh. Okay? I am 100% straight. I love boobs and I love vagina. Okay. Okay? We all know this. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty girls. Yeah. And sports and boxing. Sports and, you know, I'm constantly talking about, like, baseball and football and stuff like that, right? So anyway, Mike Tyson, this is why it doesn't sound uninteresting to me. Mike Tyson actually has a very interesting story. Now look, one, I hate Spike Lee. He's horrible. Horrible. Terrible person. Okay? But Mike Lawson actually, not Mike Lawson. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. Mike Tyson actually has an interesting story. Because I happen to know this. I don't know. Well, okay. I'm, I'm, oh my God. This is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm admitting this. Mike Tyson might be the first person I beat off to. <gasps> Joe, really? Yes. You're not even into the black guys. Like I was that, then. Really? I am proof of, I, I prove wrong the statement once you go black, you don't go back. I actually well, went back. Beating off to somebody isn't actually going black, Joe. That's thinking about going black. Okay. Don't ruin my joke. The point is, <laughs> when I was a kid, he was like 20, he was 21, he was fucking in my head like a beautiful body. When you could, him to... you saw him shirtless all the time. Shirtless all the time and just obviously such a top, right? Yeah. And so I know a lot about him. But he has a very interesting life story, like... He was a kid, and he showed a lot of promise as a boxer. And this trainer named Customato found him and trained him. And actually, while he was alive, Customato was old and a legendary trainer. 
turned him into the when Mike like, you understand something when Mike Tyson was like twenty or twenty one he was already being proclaimed one of the best boxers that ever lived, and then so Customato kept him out of trouble, and then Customato died around the time that Mike Tyson became really really big, and then that's when obviously you start to see the slow collapse when he doesn't have that figure in his life. True. Tragic, fi- tragic decline of Mike Tyson. Well, so that's why I think if he's money, honest, fame and money, come, you know, when they're thrust upon somebody who has never had either, that that's difficult to deal with too. So he yeah, did, he turned he to married drugs to Robin. and like there was anger issues and a lot of issues in his life. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting that he's like gone through this transformation where he's like he's a vegetarian now, and then the whole thing with the pigeons is weird. I think this is dreadful. Oh, yeah, the pigeons. But remember, he was married to Robin Givens, mm-hmm. and then obviously he bit off the ear. And then um, but you understand something. This is a guy who was not only the world champion, the heavyweight world champion, but also was being already, as 21, proclaimed one of the greatest boxers who ever lived. And to see that decline is I, – I, well, I don't know. I haven't seen the show. But I could see that being potentially very interesting. I don't have faith that his third wife, Kiki, wrote a good script. How, you don't know that. How do you know she's not the next Kiki is not the next Tony Kushner? I do not trust Kiki to write a good script. I think that this review is trying to be nice, but the person who wrote it clearly didn't like the show either. The script often zigzags awkwardly from profane to poignant, from... The f- For the record, it's sometimes hard to tell exactly what he's saying, partly because of his poor diction and partly because of his famously squeaky voice. You can't can't help wondering about what makes him tick. Why does he love pigeons? How does he explain his history to his children? The bottom line is undisputed truth doesn't give us many insights into how Tyson found his redemption, but that hardly matters for fans of the boxer who hooted and hollered throughout the piece. For them, he'll always be the champ. I love how you're super skeptical of this play. (laughs) <laughs> Your favorite play of all time is based on a movie with Reese Witherspoon in it. Real quick, before we move on to anything else, I would like to point out, so you made fun of a woman in a wheelchair earlier, and then mm-hmm. in the episode before this, I brought up a story that takes place in a burger joint. Some feed, some feedback we got was that yeah. it was it made somebody uncomfortable because it was like we were talking about sex with a mentally challenged person mm-hmm. and you and i both agreed that maybe we should have clarified that he wasn't like cerebral palsy yeah. and needed like full-time care i mean he was he had a job and he was sitting alone at a burger joint we should have maybe called him slow or something not mentally challenged yeah he wasn't like he didn't need like a nurse or anything like that he was Definitely independent. He, you know what it was kind of like? You remember that movie with Giovanni Ribisi and Juliette Lewis called The Other Sister? Life Goes On? He, no, The Other Sister. That was the name of the movie. With, no, he with like Corky? That. With Corky? No, not Corky. No, with Giovanni Ribisi and Juliette Lewis. It's called The Other Sister. And he was kind of like that. He was kind of just slow. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. So we like talked about Joe wanting to have sex with him and that made some people uncomfortable and that was maybe because we didn't explain it properly. So I just wanted to throw that up there. By the way, if the slow guy is listening to the show, I will still totally have sex with you. I will meet you in the Walmart parking lot on Brookhurst and Ball and we will have sex. Thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Unfortunately, I know you're not joking about that. I'm not joking about it. He's not listening, though. He, I no. said, he, I mean, he has a job, but do you really think he has a computer? No, he's too slow. He probably has, like, a cardboard box. <laughs> Wait, do you have to edit this out? <laughs> Look, he has an old box <laughs> that he used to use for his Pop-Tarts, and he thinks that's a computer. And so, that's what he's using. Anyway, um, now, Mike, um, okay, so this is actually a crazy news story. I actually think it's crazier than it sounds. But basically, there was this nurse, and she's in Bakersfield, but I'm counting it because Bakersfield between California, I mean... <laughs> Between L.A. and San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, I'm counting it as, like, a San Francisco, L.A. story. Okay. Basically, this nurse in Bakersfield, um, there was an 87-year-old woman at this nursing home, and she just keeled over, not keeled over, but she collapsed at the nursing home. She wasn't breathing. So the nurse called 911, and the 911 operator was telling her, look, you need to give, she's telling the nurse, you need to give her, the patient, CPR. And the nurse was like, sorry, can't do that. And the nurse was like, please, come on. And she was like, nope, it's against um, nursing home policy. I can't give her uh, CPR. And the nurse was like, um, it, it, you know, appealing to her humanity. Like, look, there's this woman who's dying. Can you please give her CPR? And the nurse said, I'm afraid I can't do that. In fact, you know, let me read the quotes. The nurse maintained her adherence to protocol. Uh, I cannot have our other senior citizens who don't know CPR do it, she told Halverson. Oh, the Halverson is the name of the 911 operator. Um, in a last-ditch effort to get the dying bailiff, that's the patient, some assistance, Halverson, the 911 operator, tried to assure the nurse that she would not be held responsible if something went wrong and that EMS takes liability for this. The nurse said, I understand... Oh, no, I'm sorry. The 911 operator said, I understand if your boss is telling you you can't do it, but if there's any... It's a human being. Is there anybody that's willing to help this lady and not let her die? To which the nurse responds, not at this time. Let me just tell you this. The woman eventually died. Mm. And so what's funny is my mom, and no one knows this. (laughs) You transition out of that story by saying, what's funny? (laughs) I did? Yeah. What's funny about this is... (laughs) I meant like what's curious, what's interesting. Okay. Is my mom is... And you, Mike obviously would know this, and we'll explain why. Is a nursing home administrator by profession. Mm-hmm. So I called my mom about this, and my mom was saying, like, was sighed, and she was like, "Yeah, that's the problem with." Because what happens, what you don't know is the nursing home was one where it's like people kind of live independently. It's not like a nursing home, like assisted and living more than is exactly what home. it was. It was assisted living. And there's California law that prevents them from doing this. Like my mom said, they can't even put a Band-Aid on her. And so my mom said that's – my mom worked in assisted living for a time and said that's why I stopped doing it. And so – but the reason I wanted to bring this up was Mike worked for my mom for a while in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. We have to be careful here because Mike was threatened with a lawsuit. But <laughs> he it's actually true. I'm not allowed to talk about a lot of stuff, but I worked. I, here's what I'll say. I worked for your mother. I was uh, an assistant activities uh, person. I forget what my title was exactly. And 
that's it. <laughs> yeah, so, but you know what? Fuck it. I didn't sign a non-disclosure agreement. So, um, yeah, so he worked for my mom. The nurse, she left eventually. And Mike was still there, but not for um, not for much longer after your mom left, though, right? I don't think so. Yeah, you're right. But the point is that yeah. So that but anyway. So what? But at base, but let me ask you this: as working as a nurse in a nursing home, what do you feel about the story? Well, when I worked at a nursing home, I was told because I had I was not a nurse. I was not even like a CNA. I like if somebody was Wait, falling. Well, out I mean, of, certified nursing assistant, right? Yeah. If somebody was like falling out of their wheelchair, I had to let them fall. Like I couldn't even grab somebody and help them. You know what I mean? I I mm-hmm. basically was hands off completely. So if I was in that situation, I was not giving CPR. I was not doing anything like that. I don't know. It's it's too bad. I think I remember reading a little bit about um, Good Samaritan laws and stuff like that. So you are you familiar with that term? Yeah. So, like, if you give somebody CPR and you say break their ribs or something, you're not you're not able to be sued because you're trying to resuscitate them, and so you aren't afraid of resuscitating somebody because you might hurt them or something. So it's so funny that you're saying that because when I was talking to my mom today about the story, I she kept talking about the law and nursing home rules and this and that, and I said, but you know what? Now, again, I'm not in that situation, but if I was a nurse, I'd be like, fuck it. If I get fired, like, how do you watch a human being die in front of you? Well, you're Literally saying, die you're saying, in front of you. You're saying fuck it like you're making a split decision, like should I let this person die or should I try to save them? But these nurses are trained by that facility to follow this law and this policy, so it's not like – in the, the heat of the moment, this nurse decided to follow the rules. It's more like she's been trained for months on policy and law, so she knew this is what and she in, had to do. In fairness to the nurse, I'll say this. I'm just two updates to the story. One, the woman, even though she did not sign a do not resuscitate order, her daughter, who is a nurse, completely agrees with the nursing home and feels the nursing home took the right action. Hmm. Interesting. So it's in the news, but if one of the comments has always been, or some of the comments have always been, like, well, if the family's fine with this and the nursing home stands by the nurse, what's the problem? Right. You know? True. True. But it, it is weird. I don't know as a human being if I could stand and watch someone die. I, You know, here's an interesting story. I actually went with my cousin once. I have a gay cousin who's a week younger than I am and he's gay. <laughs> and we went we went to visit my grandmother. And my grandma's not annoying, but she's she's a mis misfriendly person. So as my cousin and I were she made us breakfast. As we were sitting there eating the breakfast she made us, she left because a neighbor came knocking on the door. My nurse came my I'm sorry, my grandmother came back and was just like, uh, Joey, Richard, come out, come out, come out, uh, please. And I'm like, ugh, here she comes. She wants to introduce her to fag relatives to her people in her senior citizens community. And this is a weird story, but we leave the, her apartment and we go to the apartment next door where she is. And I'm not joking when I say this. It's, it turned into immediately like a shaky cam, handy cam, TV situation, there was an old man 
and he was vomiting. Mm. And he was dying right in front of us, my cousin and I. And she was like, help, 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 he's dying. So, of course, he had a nurse, but the nurse was like, not from this country. And so I go, have you called 911? And she said, my cousin translated into Spanish. She said she hadn't. So I called 911. The paramedics come, which, by the way, the paramedics were really hot. (laughs) I'm not even joking. They were like sickening hot. It was insane how hot they were. Anyway, and just so that people aren't nervous, the man lived. But as I was calling 911, he was looking at me. And I was like, oh, man, this could be the last the, the last human being this man sees is me, which mm. is so sad for anybody. I, I don't know if I could watch someone die and do nothing. And that's what's weird. Well, Even though I know she followed procedure and she followed law, California law, I, I don't know if I could do that. She, in her head, maybe calling 911 was not doing nothing, though. The, the story, she, she tells the, the, C, the CPR, I'm sorry, the 911 operator at one point is begging her. Can you get a gardener? Can you get someone on the street? And she's like, I'm sorry. I can't do that. So what do you have going on this week? So I don't have tons of stuff going on. I actually am going to go hiking this weekend. Uh, I don't have a – I don't know where exactly because I'm still kind of new to town. So I'm trying to find a place to hike. Uh, And then on Friday, I'm going to – Wow, that's really bold. You're going to go hiking. Crazy. Uh, When's the last time you went hiking alone? Girl, let me just tell you this. Walking to the bathroom after drinking three cocktails, I consider that a hike. <laughs> um, this Friday, Lawrence, what's the guy who wrote the Scientology book? Lawrence Wright. He is going to be, he wrote a play and it's playing at the Berkeley Rep. And I'm thanks to me going and hanging out with Kyle when we were talking, I told him I was reading Lawrence Wright's current book. And he was like, hey, he's... Uh, Oh, I should say Kyle works for a local theater here. And he's like, hey, his play is opening this week and I could get you in on Friday if you want to come. So I'm going to go see that on Friday. And I'm probably, I mean, I'm going to sit there alone and watch it, but that's okay. And that's all I have planned. What about you? Um, okay. Do I need to tell you? All right, here we go. I don't have a lot going on this week. I have something going on Friday that will be interesting, but I'm going to keep it to myself. Saturday, I'm going to aerobics class. An aerobics class? You said it's so high. Where are uh-huh. you going? An aerobics, aerobics class? Okay. An aerobics class? That's exciting. Are you talking about that? Um, I'm sorry. Run by Richard Simmons. What? Like you're gonna I'm go? Going... Richard Simmons is gonna teach the class. Richard Simmons is gonna teach. The class. See, Richard Simmons owns a. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. Richard, I'm sorry, I just snorted. It's so weird. Richard Simmons owns an aerobic studio in Beverly Hills called. Can we we please guess the name? Sweating to the oldies? Slimmons. Slimmons? (laughs) Yes. Okay. It's called Slimmons. And I'm going to it on Saturday, and I'm going to be in a class run by Richard Simmons. Can you please get him on the record as being gay? Because he's technically not out of the closet. Um, Not only will I get him on the record for being gay, I'm going to have sex with him. That's disgusting. How awesome would it be to say, I had sex with Richard Simmons? No. Joe, if I had sex with Richard Simmons, it would have been because I was drugged. 
and I would not tell anybody. Girl, a hot guy is throwing his ass at you, and you're like, sorry, I gotta, I gotta go eat rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. <laughs> if, if I had sex with Richard Simmons, I would be embarrassed to tell anybody. How disgusting. I would be proud. What are you talking about? Ew. I am so excited. I'm going to have Ew. crazy, Ew. wild sex with Richard Simmons. He's going to bottom for me. Okay. We're going to be sweating to the oldies. Okay. And I'm going to have sex with him. <laughs> I want to talk to you about something. Today, okay, so Mike does this thing on Mondays called his Monday mantra. Oh. Mm-hmm. And he writes a quote on a post-it note and puts it on a mirror. What's it called? What do you call it? Monday mirror mantra or what's it called? Yeah. Monday mirror okay. mantra. So, well, real quick, I've been doing it for a very long time. I I used to do, I would just write messages on my like bathroom mirror that I wanted to think about all week. Sometimes it was like drink water and sometimes it's like a little more inspirational than that. And I used to do it with yeah. a dry erase marker and just put it right on my mirror. And then now I do it on little post-its. And so I started taking pictures of them and posting them to Facebook and my blog. And um, people like it. So so what's what's the quote you have today? The quote today is a Marilyn Monroe quote. It's something like, sometimes good things fall apart so better things can come together. Yeah, and then today I wrote something about that. And you got super pissed off. No, I, I did like, So all I did was I wrote like, yeah. Good person to, uh, if I want to live my life according to uh, Marilyn Monroe, good job, Mike, or something like that. And you were like, um, excuse, you're like, excuse me, Macho, um, excuse me, um, you know, she was persecuted by the paparazzi? <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, here we go, candle in the wind. I thought it was funny, my response, but you think everyone's critical of you all the time, so. But, so... Uh, I'm actually dealing with like some some work stuff where we lost a significant amount of funding for something and so this quote is I don't know relevant to the hard crap that I'm going through this week so at work. But don't you agree that Marilyn Monroe maybe not the best role model <laughs> to look to for inspiration? Um I think it's a pretty good quote and I think that she I mean she don't you think that she was successful in some ways? Yeah, she successfully ended her life. <laughs> I just laugh because I know you're going to so edit that out. Ugh, because I know. Because you edit this and any opportunity you have to make me look bad, you're going to take it. And any opportunity you have to make you look good, you're going to take it. And that's why you, I'm telling you right now, you're like um that... The chick from Sleeping Beauty. What's the name of the villain in Sleeping Beauty? You can learn how to edit. Ew. 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 No. I I actually like the way you edit. It's <laughs> <an> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, I want to thank a few people. Um, there are a few people who left some iTunes reviews, and I wanted to thank them. Okay. Um, I wanted to thank Ed... Uh, I think you know Ed, right? Oh, yeah, Ed in Albuquerque. Exactly. He has a podcast called It's All About Me, All About Mm M-E, Mark and Ed, and it's Oh, I listened to that podcast. It's good. Yeah, so go listen to them. It's All About Me. I didn't know that was the same Ed. Okay, yeah. So Ed in Albuquerque, thank you for a very good five-star review. I also want to thank Shane Durkin for a great five-star review. I like Shane. Mm, I'm not really happy with Shane right now, but yeah. 
I want to thank Shane for a great fight. Let me tell you this. I went out with Shane the other night. He got all Captain Nutrition on me. We were having dinner, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, he was like, so like you know, Mercedes, my friend and I, we're doing cleanse. We're doing a vegan cleanse, and uh, the couple of people we were with, they're doing their own cleanse, and we're all talking about it at dinner. And Shane was there. He went to Shannon's comedy show that we talked about earlier. And he goes, oh, hey, everybody. Um, I just took a nutrition class, and I figured out how to lose weight. Um, you just eat fewer calories, and you work out more. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really, Dr. Oz? Thanks. <laughs> anyway, Adam Vaught, my, I have two best friends. One of them is Adam Vaught. Mm-hmm. He gave us a five-star review. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Ant, Ant-Man25. Do you know Ant? Yeah, Anthony Antaran. He gave us a five-star review. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Anthony. No, I don't know this. Oh, no, I do know this person. That Peter G. We talked about this before, but you know I love that Peter G., right? Yeah. And he gave us a five-star review. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Um, Scott from the Sadosphere podcast, he's given us a five-star review on the, on the iTunes review. That Thank you very much. So that Peter G has a podcast called Life on the Shit List that you should check out. And if you search iTunes, they won't allow them to put the word shit in a title. So it's called Lotsl, L-O-T-S-L, Life on the Shit List. Oh, that's why I've never found it. And then Sadosphere is Scott's podcast. That's good. Yeah. And then do you know John Arts? Yes. He is a guy who... I found through Brian on the Game Night Guys. He lives in Orange County, North Orange County, like Brea, Fullerton area. Well, I just went to Brea's Best and um, hung out with my brother in Fullerton. And so there you go. He gave us a good review as well on iTunes. So there you go. Those are iTunes review. If um, if you like this show or if you hate it, uh, but think of this. You just listened to us for an hour. We just took an hour out of our time. We're going to edit this together and throw it up on a website that we're paying for and we love doing it. But the way you can pay us back is just writing a simple iTunes review. That activity is good for us to get exposure because the more people that are writing reviews the the more legit it looks to iTunes. So go write an iTunes review for us, please. I feel very Hoda and Kathy right now. I've been drinking the whole podcast. (laughs) And I haven't, though. Hoda drinks, too, doesn't she? Girl, she does. <laughs> and I I am, too. I've been drinking. Good. Mike. Yeah. I want to tell you something. Okay. You and I have a long history together. hmm And I enjoyed catching up with you today. <laughs> Good. All right. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Follow us on Twitter at CU Podcast. Like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash CU Podcast. Check out the show notes and find links to our personal Twitter accounts on our website, cupodcast.com. Um, uh, um, 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 well, um, um.